0: Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational
1: purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Goranholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Yo, yo, blockchain and booze, welcome to session 63. Uh, I I usually say session 63 of quarantine, but I don't think a lot of us are quarantining anymore. seems like stuff is opening up. Everybody was in Miami, or at least a lot of people were. Uh, for those who don't know me, tuning in from Lunar Crush's uh, live feed, shout out, welcome. Welcome to Blockchain and Booze. I hope you're drinking something. Uh, my name is Adam Levy. I'm the host of the show and also the operations manager of Draper Home, the Los Angeles-based blockchain venture studio and fund, where aside from investing in some of the best early stage projects, we also put together a ton of, of community events, 100 exactly, or over 100 at least, uh, in 2021. From LA Blockchain Summit, gl- the Global DeFi Summit happening this month, June 21st or 24th. Right, I'm butchering all the numbers here. So much to announce. uh Global DeFi Summit, NFT Summit. We just had the Security Token Summit. Alone, Goran has what the block in your very own Blockchain and Booze. And if you're tuning in again from the live feed, tune in to MeetThatBlockchainBooze.io. Go there go 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 hang out go chat in the live chat go meet everyone else that's watching live i see a bunch of people in there chatting what's up what's up david what's up pierre what's up colin uh adele jeff randy brock etc 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 so go there meet that blockchain uh let's get started today we're doing all things tezos uh, we haven't done a tezos discussion in a while uh it's been a few months but there's some cool activity happening on the network Also, Draper Gornholm uh, got a really cool investment from the foundation itself to help incubate and accelerate uh, early-stage Tezos projects. Uh, And with us today, we have one of them, hence why we're doing this deep dive. So let's just get right into it. Uh, But really quick, before we do, shout out to Lunar Crush on Blockchain Radio, our beloved media partners. Again, meet.blockchainbooze.io if you're viewing the live stream on Twitter. All right, guys, let's bring him on. Alon... Burned. Welcome, guys. Cheers. <laughs>
2: cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers, man. How are you guys <laughs> feeling? Good, man. I'm feeling. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm feeling a little
0: jealous because my name is only four letters, and Tezos <laughs> domains uh, hasn't opened up four letter uh, four letter domains yet. So, Burned yeah. has his .dot tez of course. Uh, I don't know about you. Um, so I'm <laughs> low, low, just... low key on okay. Twitter,
1: I, I got my dot ETH going. Uh, I got I got to represent though and show what? some stuff. I, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. You can shit on me all you want. Uh, guys, welcome welcome to Blockchain and Boo Session 63. I can't believe we've been doing this for 63 weeks straight. Alone, shout out to Lunar Crush. Boom. Gone to the moon. Uh, <laughs> yo, when you wear that hat, you need a rap name. You're like Lil Gorin. Lil' Gorn on the beat. Lil' Crush. <laughs> little, little crush. Uh, Burn, where are you tuning in
2: from? Uh, I'm actually based in Leiden in the Netherlands. Well, COVID is not over here at all. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my first shot. So, uh, yeah, I've been locked in this room probably for almost one and a half years now. Jesus. And the rest of my team in India, uh, yeah, stuff is still crazy over there as well. So, yeah, in parts of the world, stuff is opening up. but in other parts, it's still very serious.
1: Dude, you need, to, you need to escape the trap uh, that's happening in in Europe and come to America. I was just in Miami right now, and everything was open and and crazy, and got to meet a lot of the speakers that were on blockchain and booze, and a lot of the the, the characters on Twitter. Um, so hopefully, it opens up soon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
2: jealous, man. It looked it looked like an awesome party.
1: Yeah, it was. Alan, what's up, man? Where are you tuning in from?
0: I am in Southern California. Uh, just uh, watching the chat, seeing uh, some people putting in message in the Q A, and I am uh, home having a drink, uh, having a good time, uh, trying not to uh, stare at the the little P tab in my browser that's calling my name.
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, well, you know what? More more power to you, man. Staying staying in the in the Southern California area. We should go on a hike soon. But aside from that. Uh, guys, today we're doing Tezos DeFi. Uh, I'm excited one because we just pushed out Plenty DeFi, right? Which we'll d- we'll dive into a minute. Uh, there's a lot happening on the Tezos network. I think more than people actually realize. And Burn Alon, and you guys can speak on that being the 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 influencers that you guys are in the space. So really quick, before we even get into that, Burn and Alon, give me a, a quick brief on your background. What were you doing before crypto and and where you are now, for those who aren't familiar with you? So we'll start with Bern and go to Alon.
2: So yeah, uh, I think I started in crypto when Ethereum just started. Um, I panicked, sold all my Ethereum when it dumped to $7 after the DAO hack. I participated in that as well. Uh, I lost my faith in blockchain a little bit back then, but then Tazels came along. So that brought back my faith in, uh, in, 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 uh, in, in the technology. But yeah, I had no project to build. I had no uh, experience. I was studying to become a software engineer. But yeah, there were no jobs in blockchain back then. So um, I, I got approached by an insurance company uh, who wanted to do some blockchain projects. And I, uh, I joined. And there we did cool projects with other insurance companies and also the Dutch government. But, uh, yeah, it never went further than proof of concept. And even the higher level management said to me, uh, if you really want to innovate, just go to Silicon Valley. So, yeah, I took that as a, as advice and, and left and uh, joined Draper University. Oh, the nice. Training, uh, of course, from... Tim Draper, <laughs> and there I met my co-founder O Malvia, and together we we started on this journey on developing blockchain stuff on Tezos. First, uh, we focused on uh, bringing decentralized insurance. Um, unfortunately, the market was not ready at all for something like that. So, uh, last year we pivoted to DeFi, and uh, quite successfully, uh, I think so far. <laughs>
1: It's funny, in, in Miami, I was spending time there for the week, and you actually don't realize how big the Draper Venture Network is, and Draper University Network is, and the amount of people that actually went through that, and the common stories that people kind of share. I was really surprised with the amount of people I met in Miami, so more more power to you, man. Welcome, welcome, Alon, go for it.
0: Yeah, hey guys, um, Alon here, uh, Pre, you asked what we did before, uh, yeah, but crypto? you were
1: punk rocker before you, crypto, you, before you crypto. Punk rocker.
0: was there was there life before crypto? it's oh, like man. It's, <laughs> what's, the, what's that saying about the tree in the woods falling noise, whatever. So, no, but pre, pre, pre crypto, um, uh, I, I was a techie, uh, also, and um, one of the things always that was really really important to me. Um, was sort of this the idea of startup communities and entrepreneurs and and people like that being able to raise money um, on the internet or basically you know creating products that support that that community and so um, as a you know as a teenager uh, Adam joked that I was punk rocker but I was a punk rocker I even had my own record label you know when I was in high really? school and stuff like that <laughs> and uh, yeah and and actually um, started a company. Uh, I, I had to have a, a job to pay the bills and stuff. And I ended up getting a job at MySpace back in the day. Uh, and um, I started a company that to help people raise money on the internet. And it was so originally supposed to help bands raise money and small businesses raise money. But what I really wanted to do was allow people to get ownership of the companies, like, like crowdfunding sort of lets you do today. But what I realized, what I really wanted to do, was really illegal. Uh, but uh, what I learned over time uh, was was you know I, I shifted as time went on, and different products we built, and different things we did, it sort of evolved us into the uh, the the crowdfunding the crowdfunding space evolved into the crypto space, and what we can do today um, has sort of become uh, what we wish we could have done back then. And there really wasn't a way to do it. Now there is. Um, so, so that that's my background. Over the years, things evolved into what they are. I think um, just to go uh, talk about how Bernd went to Draper University. I originally met uh, Tim Draper around 2010 when I was doing that company. He was sort of uh, through a fund invested in us and got to meet him. The next day, met his son Adam, who launched Boost VC. And even though we weren't building a blockchain startup, I started going to the boost demo days every six months or a year when he would have them. And I got to meet all the people building Bitcoin companies. Because at that time, people didn't use the word blockchain. Nobody said, Oh, we're building a blockchain. company." They said they're building a Bitcoin company. So I got to meet all those companies and start to be inspired and uh started experimenting with bitcoin as far back as 2013 but really not actually participating in a meaningful way until like 2016.
1: Uh, and i think it's funny because like i find more and more musicians and artists and creative kind of leaving the creative side and jumping more into the crypto scene so another common denominator with with more people that i meet in crypto but i'm curious you guys uh, our big preachers in, in, in Tezos in general, obviously, Draper Gornholm is a big supporter of Tezos. Uh, but Bernd, you mentioned that the DAO hack kind of led you to transition into the Tezos side, but what was that aha moment for you? Because at the time there were probably different networks, different projects being built on different blockchains. Why did you gravitate more towards Tezos?
2: Well, the the thing with Ethereum was that to upgrade the network, you need to fork. So when we go to from proof of work to proof of stake for Ethereum, there will be another fork. So that in itself creates a problem. So every, we don't know how the how the blockchain of the future needs to look like. Um, so you need to have a system in place that makes it possible to adapt to the blockchain of the future. So I really like the the last line of the white paper of Tezos. Tezos um, aims to be the last cryptocurrency so they really have the future in mind um, they have a system in place to upgrade and that's a really really powerful feature that many other blockchains don't have as you see with Bitcoin it forked so many times Ethereum will fork another time and yeah that, that will not only fork the network but also fork the community And every time you will lose community members and that's really a big loss.
1: Alon, what about you? What was your aha moment? Oh, you're muted, you're muted.
0: Sorry. Um, So, you know, for me, I don't know if there was an aha moment, but what I will say is that around 2017, There was a, again, we're talking about Draper Network stuff. I was working for one of the Draper Network funds and I got to, um, and I got to meet. uh, uh, Oh, sorry. Does my Wi-Fi look unstable still? (laughs) It's it's like Um, cutting it out, but you're good. uh, You're good.
1: Keep going. All
0: right. So, so in 2017, I was at one of these Draper Network events where I actually saw a fireside chat between Kathleen Brightman and Adam Draper and they were talking about Tezos and I was blown away at, at how smart and thoughtful she was in explaining it all and uh, all of those things made sense and to to me not being super involved and to many of the outsiders not being involved at that time all we knew about Tezos was the crowd sale and what was going on and I wasn't really an investor quite yet I was, working for a fund, but I was just kind of learning about investing. So I wasn't participating in anything. And still to this day, I don't really participate in anything just because like, hey, this is a good investment opportunity, or I could invest at 10 cents today and sell it at a dollar tomorrow. I have to actually like, participate and play with something for it to work for me, um, for it to make sense to me and for me to really want to participate. And so I always kept an eye on Tezos because of that one day and that thoughtful conversation. And over time, I started realizing that the community was just incredibly thoughtful and smart. And I started meeting just some of the smartest people in the world and they were building on Tezos. And if you cut to just a few months ago, um, I started realizing that most of those people I was talking to um, we're constantly reiterating and to talk about it in a sort of negative way, actually, were maybe a little too thoughtful. Like they weren't like in that get shit done mentality of startups of like, I'm just going to launch something and I test on prod kind of person. But that was the good part about them, but it also negatively affected the community. Um, but at a certain point a few months ago, products started launching. And those products that were starting to launch were encouraging others to launch their products. And there was this perfect storm of Ethereum gas fees and other networks launching and Tezos being much more mature from a technology standpoint, but not having much of a DeFi community or, or NFT community quite yet launching and instantly being able to scale In a way that uh, that Ethereum hasn't yet. Well, Ethereum has scaled at a higher level in many, many degrees. But, you know, Kevin, uh, who who a lot of you guys know, was just posting in the chat that Tezos transaction wise is like at like 16 percent of Ethereum transactions right now. That's that's freaking mind Where where do you, where do you see I'm, these
2: comments? I can't see the comments. Where 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 do I see that? Oh, you got to yeah. go to
1: you got to go to meet.blockchainbooz.io but make sure uh, to mute, make sure to mute your tab uh, oh, because okay. it's, the the volume is going to bleed. But really quick, meet.blockchainbooz.io. If you're watching the stream, I'll, I'll plug it again. But yes, anyways, continue so, along.
0: So anyway, so part of it was okay, products are launching all of a sudden, so there's something somewhere for us to participate. And I started participating and lots of things. Actually, what's funny is one of these conversations I had that got me excited was um, a conversation I had now about a year and a half ago, man, that's crazy, in Miami with um, Kathleen Brightman. She actually was telling me about a product she was launching and I asked her what the difference between an NFT on Tezos and an NFT on Ethereum was, and I asked her, you know, can't you do that with an ERC 1155 uh, contract? And she explained to me some of the differences, and it clicked in my mind. Like, you know, I never was one of these people where it's only going to be one blockchain. I don't believe that, you know, uh, it's only going to be Ethereum or it's only going to be Bitcoin or it's only going to be Tezos. I believe that developers and me. And random people might think that one over the other is better, but for every business case, every use case, for everything that's being done, there's going to be the right blockchain for that right product or a blockchain that that developer decides to build on. Just like programming languages. You ask every developer what their program, favorite programming language is, they'll give you a different one for a different reason. I think blockchains will be that way. And I think that Tezos is differentiated and in many ways, much better than some of the other blockchains and what we're seeing in today's environment that it's leapfrogging many others and you know Burned is actually building on it he could tell us some of the differences from a technical standpoint and why he might believe it, it's better but for me from a product and usage standpoint i've been testing and playing around on plenty as an example and i've so done what, what was the first it's cost
2: me nothing what was the first first product that you tried out on Tezos that you thought, Oh, this is really epic.
0: Um, so the first product I tried on Tezos, so I think the first thing everybody does, if you were here early enough was you got some Tezos and somebody told you that you could bake it and earn uh seven, 8% interest or whatever. And for the longest time, that's all you could really do on chain, as far as I knew, and I'd get, you know, links to test nets or things like that. But that's really what what I did. So I got Galleon, and I staked my Tez, right? Uh, Or I baked my Tez. Uh, And then there was nothing to do for the longest time. Then um, I met the guys at Calamint. I met some other people building on Tezos, we decided to invest in Calamint, but I wanted to experiment with, um, with NFTS. So one of the groups that are building on Tezos is a group called TQ Tezos. And like I mentioned before, I like to play with stuff. I like to break shit. I like to actually interact with these products. And so TQ actually had a bunch of tutorials on how to mint your first NFT on Tezos, how what how to do it, whatever. So at the time, um, Open Minter wasn't even quite ready like it is today. And I actually on the command line on Tezos mainnet uh, minted an NFT using the command line interface. And, and already, could hardcore, man. It's hardcore already. I could see differences from Ethereum that, that I thought were really, really cool. Um, and then, uh, and then later, I actually have now at this point launched like 10 different, uh, versions of open Minter and edited it and updated, changed it, did different things. You know, like I launched one, uh, for my daughter that was all pink and purple called Rainbow Unicorn.fun. and she sold some NFTs on Tezos and it was pretty cool. Really? What's crazy is playing around with uh, with OpenMinter really taught me how to interact and I learned that like I minted, I probably created 20 uh, contracts on mainnet and I minted hundreds of NFTs in experimenting and altogether it was like less than five Tez. And I remembered, like doing experiments on Ethereum mainnet would cost me hundreds uh, of dollars per experiment, like mm-hmm. one thing I did, right? And right. that was also a big deal, right? Um, to be able to, to really experiment and play with it, I, I got to. But, but NFTs, like for many people, was the first thing that I got to really interact with. I created my own, I joked around. I created the first Tezos music video NFT Nobody can take that away from me. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice, different. very nice. And that's pretty cool. But yeah, um, but then Calamant and HDAO and and all that stuff has been a lot of
2: fun. Yeah, the Hikadnug. I think the great success of Nunk is because of the low transaction fees. Because I have actual artists, um, artist friends here, who heard about NFTs because of the big boom of people selling uh, an art piece right. for sixty nine million. And they wanted to try it out and then they come to OpenSea and they see, oh, I need to pay $100 to mint an art piece. Oh, never mind. So they when I tell them about Tezos and you can mint something for $0.07, cents, then they're immediately triggered again like, oh, it is possible for, for a, a tiny, tiny bit of money. So, yeah, I think that's really something that uh, differentiates Tezos from Ethereum and we can attract a lot of artists, and we already attracted a lot of artists, to Tezos because of those cheap fees, and of course, uh, because Tezos is a lot greener compared to Ethereum. We're we not killing the environment here.
0: Yeah, I think I a lot of people have been posting the environmental stuff, and I've gone back and forth, and uh, I've been in a bunch of these public chats and stuff, and I think... On one hand, it's not totally fair to uh, you know, with the, when the people talking about Bitcoin versus Ethereum and talk about how nobody should use Bitcoins, it's an environmental disaster and this and that. Mm-hmm. Because compared to the products that you're uh, that you're replacing, Bitcoin is not an environmental disaster. If you look about the no no, no okay
2: for, Bit- Bitcoin well, is an, uh, is separate. Bitcoin yes, is can do its sure. thing. <laughs>
0: Exactly. But when you compare two things like two NFT marketplaces, then you can start comparing the the two sides of it. Um, And and I don't want to discount the fact like you're talking about the $69 million Ethereum transactions, things like that, because dollar value wise, uh, Ethereum is still kicking the crap out of Tezos. Sorry, everyone. But transaction wise, and uh, uh, Tezos NFTs are overtaking Ethereum NFTs in terms of number of transactions, which is mind blowing and exciting considering that Tezos NFTs have been publicly launched for two months now, maybe that's,
2: that's really Not exciting. Long. Not long. yeah.
1: So, so let's, let's talk about that for a minute, because we just had a new wave of adopters enter crypto through the creative side, through NFTs, right? Whole new wave of people that discovered cryptocurrencies from the non-financial side. Uh, what do you guys think in terms of, I guess not what do you guys think, but how, how come, I guess, a lot of these other networks, I guess, have this sort of social dominance in these types of conversations and, and adoption. Obviously, Ethereum being the main one when it came when it came to NFT. But over the course of the last few months, you saw a lot of conversations happening in new networks like Solana, Polkadot, Cardano, uh, all these other like, I guess, competitive networks to ETH and also to Tez competing and getting a lot of social traction over the last few months. Why do you think that is?
0: I think uh, I'll I'll throw that out from that end because I'm looking at the questions. There's a lot of questions related to the tech of Tezo, so that's going to be all on Burn, but I will say that it's easier to sell somebody the vision of something, and I actually don't want this to be looked at as me talking trash on other networks But I am kind of, in a way, Um, (laughs) it's easy to uh, promise something to sell vaporware than it is to actually show a working product, right? So at the earliest stages with these Ethereum killers and competitors, right, it's easy to sell those things because everyone's pissed off at Ethereum. There's a shiny brand new thing and there's a community behind them and they might destroy Ethereum. They might be amazing, right? Um, And I'm not even talking about any specific one, but they are at where Tezos was in terms of adoption. And I don't mean adoption of buying the token and price and bullshit like that, because it's not actually important in the real world aspect. I know that most, I won't say most, but a lot of people in our space are here to make games and to, to make money and to sell and do all these things, right? We're talking about plenty today and people are, are using it to make money and do whatever they wanna do. But that's a tool that's used to do something much, much bigger, right? Uh, and and uh, David in the chat is right. The, the, the ETH gas is much, much less than it was, uh, uh, you know, a couple months ago. It's still terrible in comparison to other networks, but let's just uh, look at that, those, those other chains. Those other chains are selling an idea that isn't quite launched yet. That isn't quite beat up yet. That isn't quite used yet. And hasn't been beat up by the regulators yet also, you know, and Tezos has gone through the whole gamut of the ugliness of having to deal with. litigation. Didn't, didn't with Kathleen things.
2: tweet about this? That, that she said, um, it's always better to be the project that almost launches. Like that's yeah. the best position to be in. Like you cool. almost launch, and you can create hype. Yes. And if you already have a working product, then then it becomes less hypeable.
0: Well, the the it's easier to raise money for something that hasn't launched yet, and you see that in Silicon Valley, right? And so, if you measure success by the price of a token, there's more successful tokens today. Now let's zoom into three years and we'll see where everyone is. But I'm, and this isn't even judging any of those tokens. It's just they're not ready yet, and the communities aren't built yet. And even Tezos, I will say, is not ready yet either. No. In that, from a community perspective, there's one really well-working Dex on on Tezos. It's just just beginning, right? Plenty launched, and congratulations, by the way, to Burnt and the whole team. Plenty launched and was the most successful DeFi product ever on Tezos, had the deepest liquidity pool of any other token on Tezos other than Tezos itself, right? <laughs> and and uh, that was a week and one day ago, right? Um, yeah. A week ago. That's, that's crazy, amazing, but it's also just, just, just beginning. So those other chains are probably doing some cool, interesting things. I'm not gonna discount that, but it's still too early. Right now, the value is pure speculation, right? Yeah. Um, and and uh, I think on Tezos, you can actually show on-chain value. You can show years of track record. You can show um, that the, the government is is likely not going to say anything bad about Tezos like they could about the other groups because they haven't quite yet gone through the, the gamut.
1: Yeah. I think just, just to talk more about this data, I want to pull up some interesting data from Lunar Crush. Uh, which full disclosure they are a, they are a portfolio company of Draper Gornholm. but what I'm what we're looking at right now we're looking at the social volume between Tezos, Polkadot, Cardano and Ethereum for the last 3 months okay this is using their compare tool uh, and it's actually pretty insightful to see over the last 3 months 3 to 6 months right we've had like insane uh defi activity uh insane uh just crypto onboarding uh and if you look obviously Ethereum being being the uh, what's it called being the the leader here for obvious reasons. Then we have Cardano uh, uh, Tezos uh, and Polkadot, right? And Cardano and Polkadot picked up a lot of traction over the last six months and broke a lot of headwinds. But Tezos is also doing exceptionally well with its community, with its social volume. Uh, And you also, if you kind of change it and you look at uh, more of like social contributors and the amount of people actually talking about Tezos, uh, it's quite, it's quite impressive uh, in how that's kind of evolved over the last few months. Also, from the point of view of, uh, let's see, there's another interesting, uh, let's see, social engagement, right? And it, it's kind of hard to put into perspective because obviously Ethereum, you can't compete with the volume of Ethereum. But just to see it kind of compare apples to apples, uh, or I guess apples to pairs, everyone to look at it and comparing metrics to different networks. The Tezos community is strong. Like people are talking about, and to be quite frank, more than I expected, because most of the times you see people just talking about Ethereum. Uh, what do you guys think sets the community apart—the Tezos community apart from the Ethereum network, uh, from the Polkadot network, from the Near network—all these other networks that are also competing to be that that blockchain that that garners that main that form of activity. What is, what sets the Tezos community apart from the rest? <coughs>
0: You know, I think that the um, I think that the the main thing is is the development community is a little bit more, uh, like I said before, on the thoughtful side, and a little bit. I think it's a just just a different culture, right? It's a much more global, inclusive culture that I noticed very quickly. It's a lot more collaborative. It's a little bit more thoughtful and more, you know. Uh, it, it's just different in in that way. Um, but what we I also, had to, we also we... had
2: to build a lot of from scratch for Tazels. So all the many of these blockchains have a similar architecture um, to Ethereum. So mm-hmm. they have EVMs, stuff like that. Um, so it's a lot easier to build tools on top of that, build applications on top of that. So for Tazels, it took a bit longer to actually. Uh, to get started building applications we first had to build tools then we needed stable coins and uh, so you had to build all these layers uh, separately and now uh, now we're at a stage that 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 all of this stuff all this all that stuff that has been possible on ethereum is now possible um, on tezos so i i can't say too much about all these other networks uh, i don't know the current state of them the only thing I know that Cardano still doesn't have smart contracts, I believe, but I'm not here to grill other networks. Right. Uh, but it, I find it fascinating, fascinating that on social media, these other networks are booming like crazy. And Tezos is, is just increasing uh, right now. But yeah, it's it's, it's interesting to see that, that these networks have such a huge uh, marketing push behind them. Right. But, yeah, in the end, I think, uh, yeah, the techn- the technology of Tizzles is superior in the end. So, I, as a techie, I think it will it, it is better. But yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I've been proven wrong uh, in the last few years uh, many times. So I can't predict the future. If someone tells you that they can, they're lying. So I only know that the tech is solid. We are ready for the future. But um, uh, yeah, that's all I can say about. The, I,
0: I think the, the products will speak to themselves and Plenty is the, the first of, of, of many. It's not the first either but there's it's the, the first one that got to the certain level that it is today and others are launches, other really, really exciting products. Yeah, right? super exciting
2: um, to see more and more stuff because also as soon as we open source all our stuff then people can start to get... That's also a thing now. People are not open sourcing many of their stuff uh, that will, that, that, that stops the, well, it avoids other people from entering the space. So as soon as we will en- open source our smart contracts, our front end, everything, then people can just copy, paste, change some stuff around, yeah. play around yeah. with it. And then it will only increase the, the, the amount of startups, the, the amount of innovation uh, on the network exponentially
1: yeah burn can you talk more about the story behind plenty how that kind of came to life what was the inspiration there uh like what problems are you trying to solve tell me tell, tell us a little bit more about that
2: well we're actually working on a different project like one and a half months ago it's still uh, we still didn't share too much about that uh another DeFi project but then we got uh in contact uh with joseph uh you might have uh, heard of him <laughs> and he he came to us, uh, he, he talked with people uh, in Tezos, and he was looking for a talented team uh, uh, that developed on Tezos, and we got on a call, and uh, we we discussed what is possible on Tezos right now and what is needed to bring this DeFi world onto Tezos. So what can we build right now that, that will bring liquidity from Ethereum from Binance Smart Chain uh, over to Tezos. So then the rep protocol also came out recently. So the tokens could already be transferred. We only had to give them a little bit more uh, utility. We needed to incentivize people to actually uh, bring over those assets. So uh, on Friday, we had a call. In the weekend, we built a proof of concept from the UI and the smart contract side and after the weekend, uh, we realized, okay, we can build this pretty fast. Um, so let's go for it. And, in uh, yeah, uh, that was a month ago. <laughs> and and now there's plenty of DeFi. So it was a crazy roller coaster, uh, 24-7 of development. Uh, nice. But, yeah, in, in the end, we su- we already succeeded in our mission of bringing more liquidity to tasels because uh, people are bringing over assets, uh, through USDTZ, through ETHTZ, through wrapped uh, assets from the Rep protocol. So um, yeah, it's amazing to see how fast something can grow if you um, yeah, find the right incentive for people.
1: Cool. Talk to me more about the product suite. Like what, what are you guys offering exactly for users to interact with? Uh, what does that look like?
2: So we initially started with... Uh, pools and one farm. In pools, you can stake uh, uh, assets and earn plenty. And in the farm, you can stake liquidity provider tokens. Uh, What that means is um, you have decentralized exchanges on the blockchain. So how do you... uh, Well, first, in 2017, people started building DEXs, so decentralized exchanges. They started copying stuff from the Uh, old financial world to the blockchain so with order books and all that stuff but it was way too slow Uh, it didn't work Um, and then last year or the year before that uh, projects shifted from really peer-to-peer to to -to peer-to-contract transactions so where where people can provide liquidity in smart contracts but how do you uh, incentivize people to provide that liquidity well, you give them rewards for providing that liquidity. Uh, one way is giving a transaction fees, but the other way is uh, letting them stake those liquidity provider tokens on a different platform. So that's, uh, that, that's something we saw on Ethereum. We saw that on Binance Smart Chain, and we just thought, okay, this might also work on Tezos. So there, there was this decentralized exchange called QuipiSwap. There were already liquidity provider tokens there. So we uh, added the the Plenty XCZ pair and we made it possible to stake that token on our farm, on our platform. And by incentivizing users enough, people were adding liquidity. And in just three days, we became the most liquid asset on on So if you have the right incentive in place then suddenly you can get that liquidity and and make it possible possible for people to trade because that was the fr- problem in the first place on tezos right. that there was no liquidity so you need to incentivize the people and we just saw in the last week that yeah the the, the tezos is ready now for the for defi and it's super cool to see
1: yeah what's what what do you, what would you say is next coming up in the pipeline
2: so, yeah, pools are cool. It's nice to stake, stake tokens in a pool and earn some plenty. But in the end, it's not sustainable. Uh, it's all about the farms. And why is it all about the farms? Because when you have liquidity, you can build anything on top of it. So it, it all starts with liquidity. So when you have that liquidity, you can build a decentralized exchange on top of that. You can build a prediction market on top of that. You can have uh, initial farm offerings supporting uh, new projects on Tezos. So it all starts with the liquidity and then you can add all these different functionalities on top of that.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how this plays out. Uh, Alone, I know you're a big, big rooter when this came out. We were all cheering on the entire team and excited for this to kind of come to life. Go ahead.
0: I'm going to throw something out there, because we're, we're, um, we're obviously uh, uh, connected to, to, to to plenty. And so we're incentivized and full disclosure, all that uh, DGH is involved. Um, But where it's interesting is that, you know, burn burn said that the pools are in this rate are not sustainable. And I think people in the chats are going, uh, yeah, I see Jim, Jim, just, uh, just Just think about that for a minute. That's something burned, uh, uh, an idea they have they're working on. He just put initial farm offering question mark. Um, (laughs) So, so just, but, but where I'm thinking about that is that, you know, plenty is is meant to to become a DAO, and and the participants and the liquidity providers and people bringing. Uh, uh, bringing assets from other chains and, and locking their assets are providing a value to the whole Tezos network, right? So there's no value to plenty, right? There's no selfish thing that plenty gets when you lock your T Z on plenty. But it's really, really valuable to the whole Tezos community when people move Ethereum from the Ethereum network onto the Tezos network and there is plenty of value. Uh, pardon though, I didn't mean the pun, but uh, the nice. pun is awesome. Uh, there's plenty of value that gets created when you take your USDC, you put it through TezX, or you send it to a Mintry, and you get USDTZ, right? You get USDTZ, and now you've brought more liquidity and more value, literally, to the Tezos network, and that's really important. Now, all of the people who are receiving plenty for that there's going to be a roller coaster right you know depending on the day depending on the timing people are going to be buying plenty or selling plenty or whatever but what's going to happen is plenty is going into the wallets of people who are going who are participating and bringing value to the network and those people will get to vote on the direction eventually of where plenty goes and if you start thinking about it in that way that's the big picture and incentive it's not about short-term like. Yo, I bought it for 5 cents, I'm selling it for 10 cents, you know, YOLO, pancake swap bullshit. This is Tezos and where is the value of the whole network going to be in six months, in a year, in six years? And these people who are participating today are getting those tokens that are going to be able to vote and holding those tokens will be very important in understanding and knowing and participating. And that's what gets me excited about these networks. I said this about how exciting um, Calumet launching their token is uh, in another chat, you know? Can, can we unring the bell of making the actual value producers to a company or product um, be the owners of the product from this point on, right? Like a community bank started where the people who were in the community providing the money owned the bank. And then at a certain point, it got bloated and bloated and bloated and regulated and regulated and governed. And it became the shitty banking system that we have today. And now we have to swing the pendulum back the whole opposite direction. Now, today, uh, you're on Calamant, you're on HDAO, you're wherever, you're creating artwork, you're selling that artwork, you're buying that artwork, and you get to own the fucking system, right? You get to own the system. Now, it should be that way in finance too. And it should be that way in making the decisions to govern these, these things, right? Like PrimeDAO, one of our portfolio companies, focuses solely on, on uh, not solely actually, but one of the things they focus on is these DAO-to-DAO relations and governing DAOs, right? And the amount of reputation each person should have in the DAO. And they overthink it and they do PhD-style research on the subject. But that is literally the future of what we're doing, Right the people in the Tezos community get to vote on these big, epic changes, right? One of the things that makes Tezos different is like these upgrades that happen every month, six weeks, two months, I don't know the exact uh, timing, but compared to the other blockchains, Tezos gets upgraded very regularly and the whole community on chain gets to decide how that changes. Now, we're going to do that on a per product basis now. And the actual value creators are the people who own it, right? Adam, you're always doing these and focused on the creators, right? And focused on these sort of um, uh, uh, social tokens, right? That's where it's going on a per person basis. You bring value, you earn value. You don't get a dollar for doing a dollar's work. You get a share in the product that you uh, produce. You get to sh- you get to share in the governance in the vo- in the actual direction in which the product goes, and that's that's the whole point of, of what we're built, all participating in, right? One, and, one, and that's one what's thing exciting about where a product like.
2: One thing I found really interesting to see that something we didn't expect at all on Plenty was the fact that. Um, the HDAO pool took off so much. Uh, In no time, there was more than 10% of all the HDAO tokens was in the plenty pool. And uh, I saw the community of HDAO blowing up, like what is going on here? It was really well distributed the token and suddenly (laughs) like 10% was in one pool. And I understand the fear uh, i understand it but in the end i think it's really cool to see that uh, artists that earn age dao uh, get get utility for the age dao and in the end they earn some extra funds and they can then switch that for tizzles and then spend it again on any of the other uh, nft platforms yeah. so yeah it just the money just starts flowing and and that creates an economy and and this is just the start, so that's super exciting for me.
0: You, sorry, I, think, I think it, I think it I, cut
1: out. I think it cut out for a minute. Go ahead, Alan. Sorry,
0: Burn. I was just wondering. You no, know, I, I got I got most of what you said, Burn. Is there? Um, do we have any metrics on around how many separate people? Uh, um, ended up putting in HDAO tokens because I think that would quell their community's uh,
2: worries, right? I I need to look that up for you, but I can't do that.
0: (laughs) But Think (laughs) about that.
2: Like, right, the the idea that, uh,
0: um, you know, I I can't say the specific day. Maybe Bert knows exactly, um, but uh, a few people have asked about... uh, uh, when when Calamint pools or when more pools other than the ones that exist are coming, and I think that's coming soon, right? <laughs>
2: a farm will come soon. Yes. <laughs> cool.
0: So that's that's really exciting. But the 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 general idea, right? Like, how mind blowing is that? You're an artist. You create value. You get paid uh, partly in the governance and ownership of a platform that you believe in that you participate in, right? And now you can actually, instead of just selling that token and getting more dollars or, or whatever you get, um, you now can actually hold on to it, continue to create value in different ways, sort of uh, you know, uh, almost like signal to the community um, that you know, um, uh, signal to the community that you're willing to lock those tokens and you don't plan on selling them for a certain amount of time. And now you're getting more value. And you're getting to participate in in more of the ecosystem that that you are a part of. I think that's that's a major shift in in economies in general.
1: Yeah, for, for sure. I wanna I wanna dive into the comments uh, or actually the Q A because there's a ton of good questions and we only have about seven minutes left. Uh, so this is Whoa, uh, one that seven minutes I, left. I know, crazy time <laughs> flies. Check <laughs> it out. So okay, this one comes from. Uh, John Paul, okay, uh, because it's harder to build on Tezos, it takes longer, and the momentum is on Ethereum. What incentives do developers have to build on the network other than low fees and on-chain governance? I guess this one's more for you, uh, Burn All Solon. Feel free to jump in. The
2: incentive to build on Tezos. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Sell this it, is baby. A Sell question, it.
2: Because what do we, <laughs> what. <laughs> Then, then i can i can throw that question right back at the the, the person that asked it what's the incentive to build on ethereum because right now you can't really test something it takes a lot of fees uh, you if you build something on tizzles right now and it, it's a really good product you will get in the spotlight really easily so there's a lot of stuff that needs to that needs to be built um, there are products that are still missing so there's a huge opportunity on Tazels. so uh, there are challenges to build, of course, but the community is here to help. Uh, many of the community members have, the, have faced the challenges that you faced, and we're all here to help you through it. Uh, but yeah, as you saw with Plenty, in just a week, in just a week, it it took thirty percent of all transactions on the Tizzles network. So if you build something epic, uh, on Tazos, um, yeah, you can become one of the big players in no time.
1: Yeah. I could second that too. I think yeah, it's very I will, yeah. I'll
0: say there's, there's a big, big spotlight. There's an incredibly large community that's much larger than you would ever, uh, anticipate. And even only. And we saw
1: that mm-hmm. and we saw that with the Lunar crush data too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, ask, here's, here's what I would, uh, a good piece of due diligence to do is reach out, it's not hard to get a hold of some of these people, reach out to the teams who build some of the wallets on Tezos, and you will realize that they have a way, way larger user base than, uh, than you expect, that have held Tezos on chain for years, because of the baking rewards. And so for the longest time you couldn't get those baking rewards by keeping your money on Coinbase, by keeping your money on those exchanges. So Tezos, even though there wasn't a lot to do on chain has hundreds of thousands, if not millions of users that are staking or baking their Tez on these wallets. And that was a mind blowing statistic to me when I had a conversation with one of my friends who built one of the wallets. And they told me they're like, "What's next? What should we do? We have hundreds of thousands of users." And I was like, "Wait a second! Nobody in the blockchain space has hundreds of thousands of users." And he literally could prove it to me, right? And it's so there are lots of users who have you know significant amount of capital and people who would participate if there was something worth participating in. And we're seeing that now, and they're just starting to get comfortable. You know, imagine what will happen when. You know plenty grows when the audit gets released in in the next week or two um all of these things that make people more and more comfortable one
2: yeah. thing i want to add here is that about the the i think one of the things that helped back Tezos actually was the amount of funds that was raised during the ico so many people just came to the Tezos foundation and and said give me money and why i'm not why am i not getting any money uh, you have so much money give me money so it I think that's the wrong incentive in this case so don't immediately run to the foundation uh, try to try to reach out to the community members like Alan said and, and and we're all here to help and if in in a few months of doing a project you'll need some funds uh, we can all help you guide and uh, guide you through that process and yeah. the foundation doesn't need to do everything uh, on Tazos. The community is there for you.
1: Yeah, one of the most asked questions uh, or uh, upvoted questions in the chat is, and I know we kind of talked about this sporadically in, in like in pieces throughout our entire conversation, but maybe burned and alone. Also, really quick and, and dumb it down to like a fifth grade level, okay? What is the benefit of Tezos versus Ethereum? It's the most upvoted question. So if you could maybe like say that in like a list, like three bullet points, four bullet points that come to mind, I think it'd be a good way to give everyone like a good perspective uh, on the network as a whole.
2: Well, it already has proof of stake. Something that Ethereum uh, promised like a few years ago and being delayed every time. It has a, a lower level language of the smart contracts that is humanly readable. So in Ethereum, it is uh, the case that you have Solidity smart contracts and they compile down to uh, bytecode. So you can't read that uh, code. What happened in Ethereum in a lot of the bugs and hacks was that people code in Solidity and they have no idea what that code does on the blockchain itself. So on tasels you can actually read that code. It's another advantage. And of course, okay. it's built for the future. So you can actually upgrade it the, via an, uh, yeah, a, a formal process with multiple voting rounds where mm-hmm. the participants of the networks, the bakers, the vote on, um, on proposals to improve the network. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. That, Go ahead, along. A
0: Yeah. New, that just doubling down on that one part, the upgradable network, is really exciting to me. Because if you look at Tezos, one of the things that people are talking about, that the easiest surface thing is like, there's no fees in compared compared to Ethereum, right? But because the Tezos network understands that when volume goes up and when price of Tezos goes up and things like that, fees will go higher, even though they're still fractions of an amount and there has to be, you know, orders of magnitude higher to make a a comparable uh, stance, they're already doing upgrades to the network to make fees lower, to make more Mm -hmm. transactions, to go through faster transactions and things like that. And what's interesting is that, think about every time there's a fork on Ethereum to new a new upgrade or to do a new update, it takes months and months and sometimes years like ETH 2.0, right? And every few weeks, every couple months, there's a Tezos upgrade and there's on-chain governance, people arguing in the chats, and shit gets done. That's that's what I've noticed. The big difference is I've participated in a more meaningful way for the last let's say six months, and I've literally watched multiple updates happen. In the last six months, have we seen an Ethereum upgrade? I think there might have been one fork with some minimal changes. Um, in in that time and it's uh, a huge huge burden and that's you know the most important thing like tech you know dinosaurs die in in technology and the reason why startups win are because of their ability to change
2: yeah to, to add to that is I, I think i mentioned it during the beginning of the uh, of uh, the blockchain and boost, um is that it also when you do a fork it forks the community so ethereum and ethereum classic um, the whole ethereum community now misses it, it, the ethereum classic community if they never forked they would have had a bigger community and that's the the big loss with all these forks bitcoin forked into bitcoin and bitcoin cash and they're now split and they don't talk to each other anymore and they hate <laughs> each other's guts so yeah you lo- you lose that that, that that working together, and in Tezos, we tr- we sometimes we struggle with with making uh, stuff clear to each other. But in the end, we're still working on the same chain, building the same chain, uh, and I think that's that's something very valuable compared to amazing. other amazing.
1: Amazing. Let's give some love to the rest of the Tezos community and shout out some other projects uh, because there's a lot of cool things happening on Ethereum, but obviously. Now Tezos is picking up traction. So I'm going to list to you some popular like DeFi use cases, and I want you to tell me either who's best in the game at doing it, or maybe like name call some <laughs> projects that are that are that are doing it. Okay. <laughs> I know it, it's okay. a challenge. Okay. Okay. You, you, it, you, yeah. you
0: a on Tezos. Uh, so there's people probably building a lot of them. But shoot it out. Let's see. This is this is let's a good deal. Like Tezos. Can yeah. Do. People listening. Let's build some yeah. shit.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> Obvious one, most one, one of the most popular use cases on, on DeFi is decentralized lending. Who's doing that on Tezos? Uh,
0: there's already Calibri uh, is okay. doing some, but there is going to be some more. Um, I know of for sure. Um, shit, I don't know what's public or not. How about just keep <laughs> an eye on Tezos Israel? They're doing cool things. <laughs> Tezos yes. Finance, which is an extension of what Kevin is doing. Uh, there's gonna be some really good stuff going with Tezos Finance. But Colibri already has the ability to have pools to take K U S D out of them and uh, you know use your money uh, while keeping your collateral. So that's already Amazing. the first that's a first basic step. But, so that's also on that long.
1: was the, the next one was collateralized borrowing. So also Colibri as well, right?
0: Yeah, and Tezos Finance very soon. Amazing. Uh, but I but Kevin's still, in the chat. Kevin, thought, uh, you know, you gotta check what he's <laughs> doing.
1: Hold <laughs> <laughs> on. Let's see. Let's but see still, what Kevin saying. There's
2: a lot of there's still a lot of space there in the in the ecosystem. So if you're if you want to build something, we have built plenty DeFi in a very and short I, amount of time. So you can you can build something really cool in a really short amount of time and get a lot of traction in Tezos.
1: And I think that's that's the whole takeaway of like name calling these use cases this is to show where the opportunities are that have picked up a lot of traction on other networks, much oh, larger tasers. And, right?
0: and for every one of these that we're mentioning, there's probably five to 10 other companies who are building products like this who are just at the beginning, right? So plenty, we talked about the plenty swap coming uh, and- So before, chat, before we even get you know, there- Okay, okay go, go, go. keep bef- going. Before, before
1: we get there, there's more, there's more, there's more, all right? Uh, <laughs> synthetic assets and uh, derivative exchanges.
2: I don't know there was one. There was one project of one. Uh, I, I forgot the name. That's really bad. But, but it did a token seal uh, earlier uh, last. I think last month. I'm trying to find the Telegram channel. real quick. But there is so, one project I've heard of.
0: There's also there's also a whole suite of tools that's being built um, by uh, a team and with Arthur Brightman and. Uh, Maybe somebody can post in the chat the GitHub or some of the details. But it's basically a bunch of DeFi primitives and products and smart contracts and the ability to sort of build these building blocks, and that's coming. And that's really, really exciting um, because each time, each one of these things, open sources, like Bernd was saying, You now have another building block. That's why it's so easy to launch some, you know, silly random swap tool or, or farm on Ethereum, because there's thousands of pages on githubs of forks and different things. Right. Right. Um, And we're here in the earliest stage with the most thoughtful of these things being launched on on Tezos today.
1: So the the takeaway is go build a better synthetic asset and derivatives exchange, come to Draper Gordon Holm. Uh, and we'll have a discussion. That's the takeaway, okay? Uh, what about uh, automated market uh, automated market makers for stable coins?
0: Well, plenty automated swap. market, yeah. plenty swap, and, but there's also already quicker swap. There's already Dexter, amazing. although it doesn't seem, it looks like Dexter won't be supported much longer, but you can, but hey, that's the beauty of it. Dexter is open source.
2: I saw sp- spi- spicy be. swap and, as well. Okay. I and I'll, I only I bring that, that up one. because
1: I, I, I think, again, of the projects that have built up a lot of traction on Ethereum, like Curve, right? Being an automated market maker for stable coins, right? And trying to find the the, the gems and Tezos, right? Uh, so you listed a few. Amazing. Uh, what about like decentralized insurance? Uh, the first one that comes to mind, like Nexus Mutual on, on ETH, right? Is that being is that being constructed? I know. I'm like, I'm hitting left and right swings here. <laughs> no, we tried it. We what tried comes it to like mind?
2: a... A year a year ago, uh, the market was not ready then, but maybe it is now because building blocks were missing back then. And it looks like everything is coming through a perfect storm now on Tezos. So many of these products are becoming possible now. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. So, yeah, build okay. away.
1: Next one. Uh, there's a lot of NFT activity happening on the Tezos network, without a doubt. Uh, on Calamint, et cetera, et cetera. Is there any way to stake NFTs right now? Is that possible
2: in Tezos? Staking NFTs? No, yeah. I don't think so. But I saw yeah. on... Ave is going to enable... Aave is enable, doing that, uh, charge particles. Collateralization yeah, like, of, uh, right. of NFTs, yeah. Right. So, yeah, you see that Ethereum is... Uh, still is a little bit ahead of, of uh, Tezos. But, yeah, uh, again... The opportunity is there to build it exactly. exactly the opportunity
0: is there the token standards are similar uh in that in ERC uh erc in in uh, ethereum there's the erc 1155 erc 721 tokens on Tezos there is the um the uh uh what's it called the two, fa2 fa2, FA2. Uh, I, I had a drink. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, the, the FA2 standard, and the FA2 standard is what most people use for NFTs. And so I think the only thing missing is not the ability to stake it, because I think that pools like PlentySwap will probably allow for this. But what will happen, what there's going to need to be is actually an artist or a product that creates an NFT that's valuable enough that enough people are buying and trading regularly to create a steady value that makes it worth having an NFT platform that you can stake in NFT. There is, there isn't quite yet, there's some people starting, there's some cool things happening, but there isn't yet the hash masks or the crypto punks of right. Tezos.
1: I was just but thinking as as that. Right. theres there is,
0: there'll be hopefully plenty swap, spices yeah. swap, Tezos ready to yeah. rock.
1: Yeah. Okay last but not least uh and this is obviously the most common one decentralized exchanges a dex go to shout them out give them some love
2: yeah quippy swap okay <laughs> quippy Swap is the place to go now and uh, of course plenty swap will come spicy swap so as, as soon as all these 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 dexes are there uh, more products become possible on tasels right stuff that you've right. seen like one inch uh, stuff like that becomes possible on Tezos then.
1: And again, the, and and that was my last one. And I, I only throw that list just to show people the opportunity that there is to build on the network, right? And there's only a, a handful of people doing various things and, and bringing sort of interesting use cases for more definitive networks that have gained a lot more traction. Uh, there's only so many building it on Tezos, right? And you, burn explaining the the usability and the onboarding process of getting more developers and developers building. It's it's much easier than it is to using Solidity. Should be a, an incentive. That's, that's the whole intention of doing this, right? To come and build these products. Come come make some noise uh, and, and show some love to to the test holders. Uh, but I think that was a that was a good deep dive. Uh, To to an extent, I know people in the chat are (laughs) are uh, the Tezos heads are like they're spamming. Oh, there's this, there's that, there's that. Um, Yeah.
0: Well, something I just noticed too. We're talking about decentralized exchanges. A big update to Tezex in literally in the next week. So by the time that Plenty Swap launches, I think there's going to be Plenty Swap. uh, Probably Spicy Swap will launch. There's going to be QuickBu Swap still. Dexter in some form, or maybe some people will fork it and try some other ideas, uh, and there's going to be, of course, QiPo swap, right? So all of a sudden, who's built and the Tezos uh, upgrade that's happening will likely create a pool of, of Bitcoin in Tezos that's probably larger than any other pool that's out there. Somebody should should start thinking about how you uh, how you connect all of those pools of liquidity create a seamless product to get the best prices and and uh, uh across all of tezos cuz it's 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 inevitable now it's it's happening so who's the total of uh of uh tezos hit, hit me up
1: we need it hit us up guys guys amazing cheers one last time thank you for being on blockchain and booze burn for the first time alone obviously what is like your 100th time i don't even think we've had 100 episodes cheers guys uh,
2: it feels yeah, like it's If, if you time. if you need oh. any help, if you need any help, shoot me a DM on Twitter, Telegram, or anything. Uh, happy to help.
1: Amazing. And last but not least, burned. Where can we find you, alone? Where can we find you? Uh,
2: if we want to Twitter learn handle, more about what you're doing, yeah. Uh, the plentydefi.com or uh, the plentydefi Twitter, uh, the Tezur Twitter, uh, Telegram. Uh, my handle is uh, Bernd Ostrom. My first and last name quite difficult so maybe just shoot me a dm on uh, twitter or something like that my DM- dms are open amazing alone take it away
0: just hit me up on twitter email me a at drapergoranhome.com. but just go to drapergornhome to find out everything and all that fun stuff
1: perfect guys you can find me at levy chain everywhere uh before I let everyone go meet dot blockchainboos.io right now clock just struck 6:13 uh we're going to kick off networking. So go to meet.blockchainbooze.io. It's going to redirect you to remo.co where you'll be able to basically meet everyone that's been watching and chatting live. And you'll be able to do that by turning on your mic and your camera. Uh, so when you go to meet.blockchainbooze.io, turn on your mic, turn on your camera. You'll be distributed to these colorful tables where you'll be able to meet from seat to seat and chat with everybody that's been watching live. So uh Guys, this was a lot of fun. Alone, shout out to Lunar Crush, shout out to Blockchain Radio, uh, and shout out to Plenty. Any last words yeah. before I let
2: you guys go? let to uh, see you guys on PlentyDefi.com.
1: <laughs> Meet the io. Be there or be square. We'll see you there.
2: This has been a
0: production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other Industry Pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.